Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Bill 124 will be in a courtroom for three days of appeals as uh, the province defends this law, which came in uh, effect 2019, which limited the wages of our public sector workers to 1% per year over three years. And that includes nurses. And uh, nurses uh, who many feel deserve more pay and uh, are leaving the trade or going into the private sector in droves due to burnout and what they feel is uh, underpayment. We're going to watch what comes out of this. We won't have a decision this week, certainly, but the uh, appeal will be heard uh, over the next three days. But there is a solution uh, to our doctor and nursing shortage. Apparently, it already exists in this country. It's just uh, seems to be a matter of keeping it in the country. Secondstreet.org teamed up with Angus Reid, and no shock of all shocks. I mean, the number is high. Six million of us have no doctor. Six million Canadians have no doctor, which, of course, then has a trickle-down effect. The provinces then are left short of ner- nurses and, and healthcare workers. So if you look at the numbers of what we have, we have 8,900 licensed nurses and 879 doctors so we're talking 9,788 doctors and nurses who are licensed and they can work here but they are living in border states border cities and they're going all across to places like Michigan Detroit other cities so they can make more money and have a better uh, list. 6,655 nurses and doctors, those are in Ontario, and they're going across the border to help others. So why are we not keeping them here? Let us ask. Colin Craig is president of SecondStreet.org. I was pretty shocked by these numbers. Good to have you, Colin. Well, thanks for having me back. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're big figures. You know, there's uh, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people that work in healthcare in this country, so this... Convincing these workers to remain, uh, I mean, it's not going to solve the entire problem, but it, it can go, it can certainly help. And, you know, one thing I would note for your, your listeners, mm-hmm. Alice, is that we only looked at the border states, the, the yeah. states that border Canada right across the country. But no doubt, uh, states like California, Texas, Nevada, Florida, nice warm climates that are mm-hmm. you know, considered maybe a bit more sexy than somewhere like North Dakota. Those states will have uh, attracted a lot of workers, too. So there's uh, two ways, I think, that uh, the government can look at this, and and certainly also private clinics when they're looking at recruiting, is to uh, convince those who are commuting to instead work in Canada and also to convince people from leaving our country in the first place. Yeah, it's not unknown. I mean, we've known for a long time uh, that that doctors and nurses go across the border because, uh, well, they've just been doing it. So it's not new. You and I have talked about it before. Um, I don't understand why they haven't done anything about it. I mean, you don't want to ever step in and stop someone from working, but they are licensed to work here. And I and as I understand it, maybe you can explain it. They use a mail. Do they get around it by the mailing address? No, I, I think what happens is that, you know sometimes these staff are recruited right out of university. You know, we talked to nurses in the Windsor area who said that uh, one of them told us she's never worked in Canada. Uh, going back decades when she was about to graduate nursing school, there was a you know, recruiter there from Michigan and, you know, she agreed to go and work with them and has never looked back. 
So you, you see those situations, you see cases where people are maybe they're a little bit into their career and they consider going to the U.S. and, you know, then they've done it that way. So there's there's a real mix there. But, uh, you know, we're shining a light on this because we often hear governments when there, there's discussions about the nursing and doctor shortage in this country. We hear that they're going to train more staff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. try to rec- recruit from other countries, which can be very effective. Uh, but what, what we're talking about with this report is that there's another option, and that is to look in our own backyard and mm-hmm. figure out ways to retain workers in the first place so that this problem doesn't grow. Because a lot of them told us that they they have the licenses uh, to work in other states. They're currently working in Canada or they're still in school. They haven't left yet, but they want to. So there's a, still an opportunity to prevent some of these workers from leaving by convincing them to stay. Um, so this, you know, this is something that governments can work on. Uh, in Ontario, obviously, the, the Ford government is uh, contracting more and more with private clinics. And it's interesting to note that uh, by doing that, some of those private clinics might be able to offer these staff what they want, which they can't get in the public system. Yeah, I mean, um, you raised this back in uh, January, and um, you, you, I mean, and, and I want to be clear so people understand, this is not polling. You guys go in and get government data from each province, which sometimes is impossible to get because provinces aren't always upfront with their data. But you guys collect that, um, and, and then and then do your research of, um, that way. But what? But as I recall, when we talked about this, because we've had conversations about this, were there things and are there things that could be done by the government um, or, or whomever? But the, the unions to say, look, um, you know, what is it that you're getting there that we can't give you here? And and were there things that kind of stuck out with these particular uh, you know, healthcare workers as to why they they just get up and go? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that that can be done, and intuitively, we might we might think, well, there all these workers are going to the states because of money. And the number one factor wasn't money; it was the availability of work. A lot of nurses, when we surveyed them, they told us. Uh, that they were offered part-time roles in Canada, and then they'd have to constantly take on more shifts to get up to a full-time income. And they didn't want that hassle. They wanted full-time employment. They wanted benefits. Mm. They wanted a, a steady schedule so they can plan their lives and not be have things up in the air all the time. So that's very much something that uh, you know governments could work on creating uh, in government-run hospitals. But it, you know, again, if you have a private clinic, they're much more adaptable and easier to get approval for these types of things, to sit down and work out something one-on-one. Whereas when you're in a a government hospital setting, you have unions involved and you have bureaucracy and it can be very difficult to, to navigate this. And, you know, some nurses straight up told us that they didn't want to work in a unionized environment. And um, they get frustrated when they see the union standing up for workers who may not be pulling their weight. Uh, in other cases, they, we were told that, well, if they come back to Canada, suddenly their 20 years of experience doesn't really matter because they're at the bottom of the rung when it comes to seniority. So there, there can yeah. be challenges there, too. Not not in all, all cases, but, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that can be done outside of compensation. Uh, and certainly some nurses did say it was compensation that uh, sure. led them to, to go abroad. And, and governments, uh, when you're especially in a community like Windsor, where you're on the border, mm-hmm. you have to compete. Because uh, the U.S. Is, is so close and it's such, a, such a, a, a realistic opportunity for these workers, you have to be competitive on, on salaries. And, uh, you know, we're aware that the Ontario government uh, in the Windsor area is, is trying to have some bonuses in that to convince workers to to work there. And um, it sounds like it's helping. 
But, uh, you know, we're flagging this for not, not just Ontario, but across the country. It's an opportunity because this is this is a serious problem across Canada. And we're constantly Absolutely. hearing about shortages in the healthcare system. Yeah, uh, but it would also, um, you know, the, it would help if the unions gave a little bit because it, it can't be a one-size-fits-all approach because, to your point, not everyone does the same thing as a doctor and a nurse. And, um, you know, we've got to be able to work around it, but they do seem to only have the one-size-fits-all approach. Interesting numbers. Uh, we'll talk again about it. I'll see what the kind of feedback is. But, uh, yeah, it's not new. It's just why don't they look at it. Appreciate your time on this. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. That is Colin Craig joining us from secondstreet.org. So, uh, yeah, um, sometimes we have to have outside-the-box thinking, but this doesn't even require outside-the-box. It's already in the box.